The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Following the vicious assault on American tourist Stephen Termini in Dublin recently, the question is being asked, should more bystanders intervene when they see violence? And coming from Dublin, I have seen this on a number of occasions where uh, you might see a brawl outside a pub between a man, and it's usually a man and a woman, and people tend to either step off the footpath, they either tend to circumvent the whole scene, or they literally just turn around and walk away. I would imagine the reason for that is because they're probably afraid that they'll end up injured or embroiled in a legal situation. Joining me right now is Professor Louise Crowley, a law professor in UCC who runs the Bystander Programme in University College Cork, which encourages people to intervene in situations of aggression. Louise, good morning. Good morning, Gareth. It's becoming more and more and more common. I saw it in Patrick Street recently, roaming gang of young guys wearing hoodies, brand new trainers, uh, labeled jeans. Um, and the minute you see them approaching, your instant reaction is to get out of their way, cross the street, go down a side street, but just not to be there when they get too close to you. Uh, just it, the whole thing, I, I think walking in town now is intimidating. It, it, you get that sense, I don't feel safe. Uh, well, I would cross the road with you, guys. to be perfectly frank. Um, it is unsafe. And those examples that you give and, and the horrific assault on our the, um, our tourists from America in Dublin recently are absolutely diabolical incidents and put the fear into everyone, into every normal thinking person in society. And so absolutely, these are outrageous situations and it has changed the society in which we live. I suppose if I could start by saying, when we talk about being a bystander, uh, I, whilst it is so important that we act in a way to either prevent or respond appropriately uh, and to deal in the legal system with those types of incidents, I think I, I, I worry that people are put off the idea of developing their capacity to be an effective bystander when we start with those examples. Now, I'm not saying they shouldn't be addressed, but a lot of my work is in the context of sexual harassment and violence. So similarly, obviously, um, you know, terrible acts of, of assault in that context are horrific but very difficult to challenge in the moment so whilst we do in the training talk about what you might do in that kind of an extreme situation which could be for example you know not jumping in but rather calling the guards getting allies around you causing a distraction you know something that doesn't put you in danger but I think it's really important that the conversation also focuses on what we do in less severe situations whereby we develop a societal norm of being aware recognizing it's not acceptable and having that capacity and desire to do something about it and to talk about it as well in less extreme circumstances so that that norm of intervening becomes something that we're all aware of and capable of and that we will do different things in different scenarios because the range of things you can do you know stems from either you know absolutely getting involved in the moment where that's absolutely necessary and it's safe to do so which you know may not be very often and challenging the behavior but equally it may be supporting the person who's vulnerable or causing a distraction or calling somebody else you know very often the best intervention can be getting someone else to intervene someone better positioned so I think whilst we do need to talk about these extreme situations we need to think about them I suppose in in the abstract so in that calm context of well how does this become part of what we do every day I was talking recently to a guy that 
about this very situation, the, the, the likelihood that if, if a group approaches you, you've got to make your mind up very quickly. Do I run? Mm. Do I cross the road? Or do I just try to look as casual as I can and just walk through them? He was saying the greatest fear they have is the knife, the stabbing situation where yes. it can happen so quickly, the individual who's stabbed doesn't even realise that they have been stabbed for a couple of seconds until they they, yeah. they collapse. Like, wh what's the difference between bystanding and intervening? You wouldn't intervene in a situation where there's a knife clearly present. You absolutely are even the threat of a knife, you know, yeah. and in a gang situation, I think many of us would be very slow to intervene because of the unknown and the, you know, the possibility that there could be a weapon. So in that situation, you know, first of all, d try not to find yourself in the middle of it. You know, I, I mean, confronting in that situation is not something anybody would advise. I don't think any guard would advise, you know. So in that situation, I would have thought, you know, you remove yourself um if there isn't someone under attack. So there's a couple of different scenarios here. You know, they're, if they're just walking down the footpath, you know, the wise thing to do is just to avoid and maybe ring the guards and say, you know, there's a menacing group of young people, you know, um, that I'm very concerned about. I want to bring it to your attention. So that could be, that's a very effective intervention. You're calling on people who are better positioned, you know, or, but if you find yourself in a situation where you're the witness, for example, of that same menacing group attacking an innocent person, um, you know, I think about that poor uh, American tourist, you know, uh, our golden rule is that you only make an intervention if it's safe to do so. So you diving in may exacerbate the situation. Similarly, if you come across, you know, uh, some uh, a man abusing his wife at the side of the road, you jumping in again may cause you physical harm or it may escalate the situation. So you do need to make a judgment call in that moment. And it can be, you know, a distraction. You may try to remove the person. Again, in a less extreme situation, if you see somebody uncomfortable in a bar, you can go over and say, Mary, how are you? You know, I haven't seen you in ages. And in that moment, you're pausing whatever is happening. Obviously, in the more extreme situation, you know, getting right involved is probably not a good idea. And and doing something other than that would be a better intervention. And I suppose it's important to say, Gareth, that, you know, when people hear about our training, there is a sort of a sense or a perception that, you know, you're going to learn how to do, I don't know, Kung Fu fighting. You're going to learn how to stand up to the bad guy. And that's not what we're promoting. Mm. What we're promoting is, you know, the awareness piece. So being able to see it and recognize it, because a lot of people don't necessarily recognize um, some of the behaviors that are unacceptable particularly in the sexual harassment and violence context but then you know having the capacity and the knowledge which we instill in our participants of the range of ways in which you can intervene and it's not just standing up to the bad guy and jumping in yeah and you know you were talking there ask for angela i think that's a it's a well-known yes. program now yeah. particularly in pubs and nightclubs um and I've, I've seen it in a lot of locations around the city and around the county but just coming back to stephen termini's situation this is the american tourist mm. um i came from dublin i've lived there all of my life now i've I'm very happily living here for the last few years and I wouldn't want to go back to Dublin and I think, you know, the, the Minister for Justice Helen McEntee saying that Dublin is actually a safe place I, I almost fell over and laughed so hard until I realised the seriousness of what she had just mm. said now, Tánaiste Micheál Martin has come out and said that Dublin is not a safe place but the, the problem with the tourists American tourists coming to Ireland um I wouldn't call them vulnerable and I certainly wouldn't call them gullible but they have no idea that they're coming into a completely different shape of society particularly Dublin City 
than perhaps from the, the states and from the cities that they live in themselves. You see them clearly on the, the Lewis and on the Dart trains in Dublin with their cameras slung over their shoulders, yeah. you know, with, with their, uh, their, their bun bags around their waist and they're reaching in and they're checking their cards and things like that. They're easy pickings. And it's only now in the last few days since this tourist has been so violently assaulted and is still in a coma that the news outlets in America are discouraging people from coming to Dublin and to to some of our beautiful cities. Mm. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. I'm just wondering, you know, do we need something more than just the bystander program? Like from, you know, oh, yeah. your, your own pr- profession yeah. where you would yeah. lecture in issues and topics relating around sexual violence. Uh, you know, how, uh, yeah. taking aside, like taking off your cap as a law professor, as someone who lives like the rest of us here in Cork, how do you feel about what's going on on our streets? Yeah, I mean, it's shocking. Let, let's all let's all agree on that. And I think that safety and the lack of safety is a, is a huge issue. And it's an issue outside of Dublin. And I, and I think the Taunashire recognised that yesterday. Um, I, I think so from... The, I think it's important to say the bystander intervention programme and training is really critical for individual capacity to respond where that is needed. However, the last thing I am saying is that it is upon individuals to police uh, the cities and to turn this all around. I mean, that would just be a nonsense. What we need is, you know, a multifaceted approach. So we absolutely do need a higher presence of Gardaí. We need a stronger criminal justice system, which uh, acts in a better way to deter people. You know, that we have a revolving prison system. We have sentences that don't reflect the, the severity of the crimes that are being committed. You know, people are coming in and out of court and they're getting you know suspended sentences repeatedly and you know it 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 they're, what they're doing isn't being reflected in the sentencing uh, and even the, the ultimate prosecution. So I think that it's a it's a multifaceted issue. It involves multiple um, departments of our government. Um, but I suppose what we what we need to do is not only be able to address the bad behaviour, but we have to get into the heads of those people 
who perhaps haven't started down that awful road, but uh, maybe are beginning to show signs, whether it's, you know, the company they keep or the type of behaviours that they're starting out on. Because we know from our research is that, you know, it's a pyramid of violence. It starts off with, you know, verbal aggressions and, and microaggressions and smaller incidents. And if these are not, if these go unchecked, we know that those who are so inclined have a real propensity to escalate their behaviour because they have a sense of permission from society because it seems to be normalised, almost a false consensus that what they're doing is okay because their peers aren't calling them out. They're not being challenged by Gardaí. They're not paying consequences for the types of behaviour. And even if it's at the lower end, it's still simply not acceptable. And so what we have to do is make sure that there is absolutely zero tolerance of all of these offences. And I think that if we can address, it's easier to address it at the lower end. I mean, again, we start this conversation talking about how, what do you do when someone is being physically assaulted severely you know, at the side of the street. But how about we start addressing and put a lot of focus on the lower end, still not acceptable behaviours, and try to work there and create an expectation that we all are entitled to live in a safe and respectful society. I have three three teenagers and uh, you know I get I worry when they leave the house mm. where are they going you know my son has talked about you know walking home and he comes across a gang a gang of lads coming against him and he'll cross the road and put his head down and kind of pick up the pace and yeah. he's a six foot three 15 year old but he's very aware of the dangers getting the bus into town if he wears the wrong jacket he knows that he'll come off the bus without it well he won't now because he's six foot three but you know in the past and it's happened to his friends and, and this is the world that they're growing up in. So they live with this fear and this realisation. How about the people who are committing these offences? We deal with them and we, and we start a new normal mm. that will develop, I would hope, if we really um, tackle it in an intelligent and evidence-based way. One final, <clears throat> excuse me, one final question for you, Louise, in relation to the bystander program in UCC. What would you recommend if you had been, if, if you knew someone who had been sitting on the seven o'clock <clears throat> Dublin to Cork train last Friday night and a man walks by your seat walking down the carriage with a gun in his his jean strap, his jean belt. It was, it's a most bizarre situation, but yet it's something that you're thinking to yourself, dear God, what am I meant to do? Yeah. Okay, a couple of things. Immediately what I'm thinking is you need to speak to someone else. So whether you have a conversation with the person sitting next to you, but probably better, you need to find somebody who's better positioned than you. So A, you could ring the guards immediately, pick up your phone, ring 999 and say, I'm on the train to Cork. A man just passed me. He has a gun in his jeans pocket or whatever. They're on notice immediately. Then you need to and talk to whoever the train, you know, there's a train liaison person mm-hmm. who goes up and down. You need to speak to them and put them on notice. But I imagine that as with any, you know, when there's an assault on the train, the train stops at the next station and the guards come on. So I imagine there's a process there. But the ultimate point, whether you speak to the, the train person or whether you speak to the guards, I do think that that's a perfect example of where you're not well positioned to stand up to somebody with a gun. However, there are people who are. And that's where you reach out because the best intervention there is to get somebody better positioned. Similarly, if you're in town and you see if you know trouble in a nightclub or outside, speak to the bouncers, speak to the barman or the barwoman. They can immediately get the pathway for support. You jumping in into the middle of the fight is not going to help anybody. So you you may have to pause and watch it for you know as in you see it playing out. But you told somebody who can do something that will be effective and that's really really critical i mean safety is really paramount here this is not a call to arms this is a call to awareness recognition and making a good intervention where you can were you shocked 
finally, were you shocked by that incident? This happened just to remind people, um, a man with a, a gun in his belt um, turned out to be an imitation weapon, according to the Gardaí, on the Friday evening train last Friday from Dublin to Cork, 7 o'clock train, packed train. He walked up a carriage, visibly displaying a gun in his holster or in his, his belt. Were you shocked by that? Of course, uh, particularly in a society where we, we don't have armed guardy and, we, you know, we don't see that. I mean, that's like something you'd see in a movie, you know, and when you see that, I mean, you're going to be paralyzed for a moment and think, oh, my God, what mm. am I going to do here? And of course, you're not going to jump up and challenge him because you know the immediate and severity of the danger that could be right in front of you. So, you know, keeping calm, realizing this is not a good thing and making that good judgment call. But I mean, is it a con- the fact that he thought that that was a good idea? And I, I you know, I don't know what his motivation was you know was it part of to be intimidating and threatening in society which is just another example of what, what we know is happening every day is it somebody who has a very warped sense of humor i'm not sure either way it's not acceptable and again it's about i suppose what we need here and i suppose i finish on this gareth is that what we need is that you and i and the vast majority of people in society are absolutely shocked and outraged by you know by the the assault on our american tourists or even that behavior on the train and all of those incidents that we've spoken about however the challenges historically it's always been easier to stay quiet to not say anything and so whilst we're all upset and worried about these things until we have you're brave enough and realize that where it's safe enough to speak up and we do it collectively what we find then is that the the voice or the actions of those who are perpetrating these offenses it will shrink because those people will become the outlier and i do give a sort of a glib example but i think it, there's a there's a good message in it if you think about how when when i was growing out as a teenager and in my 20s you know i'd never smoked but you would come home stinking of cigarettes because mm. everybody smoked in the pub and the nightclubs and nowadays if you go into a pub or a nightclub and somebody or a work place and somebody lights a cigarette the whole room will turn around and say what are you doing that's yeah. you just can't do that now i know it's a very different scenario with different consequences but i want to live in a society where i am in an office and you know somebody passes a sexist comment at a meeting with 20 people in the room and everybody will turn and say oh my god what is wrong with you so however large or small the incident that we need to live in a society where it's absolute zero tolerance and we can all see it and we can all recognize an incident of unacceptability so those who are so inclined become the real minority and we have a swell of strong voices that will reject it and will not accept it and it's hard then to be that guy or that girl who's behaving in a way that is Mm -hmm. so socially unacceptable so i do think that that's where the bystander position comes in and when i deliver workshops i can deliver them to you know large groups i can deliver them to you know for example uccga do the training so we bring the male and female players together and we they learn from each other they listen to each other and what you have then is a collective understanding of what it looks like a collective understanding that it's a shared desire for change so when someone says something inappropriate People know that that you need to call it out. And then when someone intervenes, people know to back them up. And that's what we need for societal change. Great to talk to you this morning, Louise. Thank you so much. Thanks, Gareth. Thank you. Professor Louise Crowley there, a law professor in UCC who runs the Bystander Programme. Corks 96 FM.